0: Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome to the Limping for Jesus podcast. I am Pastor Mike Matthews, where we are helping people to limp well for Jesus and to limp loved by Jesus. So if you are uh, new to the channel, I want to say welcome. Uh, This ministry exists to tackle real-life situations, to help people uh, trust God in hard things. I was born with cerebral palsy. Um, I've been in pastoral ministry for 20-some uh, years, and God has taught me many times what it is to limp well in hard things. So that is why we started the ministry. If you want to support the podcast, please uh, go to our YouTube channel, uh, like, and subscribe. Help us to grow our Lamping for Jesus community. Uh, we are um, we are up to 45 subscribers over there. My goal is a humble goal this year of just 2,000, so help us reach that goal. Um, at the end of the, uh, in the description of this um episode we have our links. Uh, today is uh, a topic that is near my heart because I love pastors. So today's episode is called Dear Young pa- Younger Pastors. If you are a young pastor and you're leading a church or you're on a pastoral team, today's show is for you. I am going to help you, know what you need to keep in mind to pastor well. I love pastors. I love the local church. I don't care what your model of ministry is. Um, If you're in a small country church and big city church, um, we need to pastor the way the Bible wants us to. So that's where we're going to go today. Um, if you have friends in ministry, share this episode with them. Help people serve Jesus better right? okay so here's what we're gonna do And on our Facebook page we have a devotional which is based on um, that is based on, Today's episode. So you can get all our socials are Nymping for Jesus. The only one that's different is, uh, I have a personal TikTok account called Michael J. Matthews, where I, I do, um, uh, ask Pastor Mike sessions on Sunday nights at 8 PM Eastern time. Uh, our TikTok account for NIMP for Jesus on there is, um, for devotional videos, like shorter videos, like that, so you can find all our content on them here for Jesus on all all the major uh, platforms. So, okay, brothers, let's say you're a young guy uh, and you want to be in ministry and you feel called to pastor. You need to know why we pastor, okay? And we are going to be in uh, First Peter uh chapter five verses one to five that's going to be our key text and i'm gonna i'm gonna teach you what i have experienced in ministry I, I i've been in pastoral ministry for 20 years um i i was in youth ministry for most of those and and even when i was a lead pastor i was also uh Doing the youth ministry too, because I believe I love um, working with students. But no matter what your ministry context is, there is a there is a way that the Bible tells us what we should do. Okay, as pastors, so the 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 willingness to hang in there with me on this ep- episode will go. Uh, to one of the main points, remain teachable, be humble. Okay, we're gonna dig deeper into that. But I want God's word to be our kickoff point. First Peter 5, 1 through 4 says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of suffering to Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to those to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. Okay, I'm gonna tell you brothers, your heart attitude about pastoring needs to be about, first of all, um, you gotta stay humble. You gotta be, you gotta be, you don't know it all. Um, Before I tackle that, that passage, Uh, I like what verse 5 says, because it will help you. If you're not this, if you're not this hard attitude in verse 5, then the first four verses, you're just going to ignore, okay? You need to stay humble. Uh, Verse 5 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Close Close yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud. That like gives grace to the humble. Okay. Listen, brothers. It's about Jesus, number one. He called you. Okay. So I have witnessed over the last 20 years, many cold and hotshot pastors come and go. Because once the all-factor wears off, the people see their character and do not like what they see. Okay. So, let's go back to that first, that verse part of the passage, okay? I don't care how well you preach on Sunday. If you do not model Christ-like character, if you're not walking the walk, if you're not being real, it's going to come through, okay? And it starts with this. It starts with the idea that you are pastoring because you are called and you want to know Jesus and make him known, okay? Do not do it for any other reasons. Many, many years ago when I was in my early 20s, I remember uh, Tony Campolo um, said, someone asked him on an interview, when you go on stage, um, how much... um, is it for Jesus, and how much is it for you? And he was honest, and he said, I got to be honest, it's 50-50. Of course, I want to glorify Jesus and glorify God, but I, there's a part of me that wants Tony to look good, too. Guys, there are a lot of pastors who know Hebrew and Greek, but and you can tell they are performing. That is about them. We all can fall into this trap, okay? But let me show you. Here's your heart attitude, brothers. This means you need to be humble. Be teachable. It starts with the the, the, the team that is in place around you, that God has placed in around you before you got hired, okay? You got to be teachable. Trust the elders or deacons God has placed to help you need your flock. It's just that simple. You need to trust and have uh, mature Christians in your life. Man, the pastor says, don't be domineering over those who are in your care. If you're a pastor that needs it, it's all about you. Uh, it's all about your ego. And you are th- the ones that run the show. Uh, you. You're going to hurt your church. Um, it's going to be ego-driven. It's not. If you can't handle any type of correction uh, as a pastor, here's the deal: you and I don't know it all. And if you're a young pastor and you're new to ministry, there's going. You have men around you and women of God around you who have lifetime of experience for you to think you know it all. I once had. I once heard a horrible story of a youth pastor telling his elder team when he got hired, uh, "You don't. You guys don't know ministry like I do. I'm the one with the degree." Uh, and guess what? He didn't last long there because people do not like pride. They like prideful leaders will be found out and they'll be shipped out. And I would have to say rightfully show, so. So. Okay, okay. What this means for you, um, this means, like I said, be be humble, be teachable, uh, um, uh, trust the elders and the deacons God has placed there. Uh, have mature Christians in your life, um, if. Uh, if you enter ministry, like you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, Jesus will humble you. Jesus will humble you. If you go into ministry, like it's a rock star event, you know, like, you know, skinny jeans, man bun, uh, you know, you see this in worship ministry a lot where people are, they, they're cool, you know, they're cool, they're, they're young, they're hip. Um, uh, the The church becomes a um, vehicle for self-glorification, for self-praise. But that's not what you're called to do as um, a pastor. It's not about us. Um, Do it for love. Okay, listen. Love your flock. You can't fake it. And And if you fake it, people will be able to tell. It's one thing, like I said earlier, it's one thing to preach a good sermon. It's another thing to live it with the people God has trusted you to care for. Listen, you're not going to be perfect, okay? Um, uh, I always try as a pastor, I tell people I want to be the man I am in the pulpit that I am on Monday when you meet me at the store you have to do this for real and you got to be real okay you have to be real get if you're pastoring for any other reason because uh any other reason it's not going to work go do something else when i went back to uh bible college um uh around 20 2015, 2016, I was already leading the church. I, I was already a senior pastor. I I went back um, because I wanted to become a better pastor for the sense of I wanted a better understanding of who God was, uh, his word. I wanted to know how to shepherd people well. And I, I uh, graduated in 2018 uh, from a uh, grace bible college in grand rapids michigan which is now grace christian university um i got a degree in leadership and ministry i did that because i wanted to uh pastor well and for love's sake i went back to i went back to school so i can be a better pastor so if you're if you're in this for any other reason than love uh get out okay this is this next piece. That I'm gonna cover is um, gonna save you a lot of burnout, uh, a lot of um, uh, frustration, and um, it, it takes everything I said before. Uh, it shows you that you're you're um, humble. You have to let others shine. Do not be the smartest dude in the room. When I became a senior pastor in 2016, um, one of my pastoral uh, uh, mentors, Pastor Ron Moore of the Bible Chapel um, in South Hills, um, uh, Pittsburgh, PA, uh, he gave me this greatest piece of advice, and I've never forgot it um, as a ministry leader. He told me, do not be the smartest man in the room, Mike. Or if you are, if we are, we're in trouble. What does that mean? It means that you let others shine. That, um, that you are there the, as a pastor to equip your people to discover their gifts and teach them how to be the church. You are not called to do all the ministry of the church. Your wife or your family is not free employees of the church. And I know our culture it it tends to become that way, right? And that and later on I'm gonna talk about protecting your marriage. But right off the bat, you need to understand you are called to preach the word and you are called to help people actually be disciples. Um I was helping one church years ago and during the interview process, um, I was at. I was. I asked them, uh, "What is your uh, evangelistic plan?" And they replied to me, "Well, we hired you, um, guys. That is not a good plan. You need to be able to know." And here's what happens: a lot of pastors. In a lot of churches today, especially in America, are personality-driven, right? So the the ministry is centered around the person at the time. And and they do it in a way that when uh, they leave, I, I said this on a couple episodes ago, when they leave, when they leave, that ministry crumbles and people have to start over again. You need to have... A, a thing in place where you're helping people actually learn how to be Christians you need uh, you need growth groups you need you need to have uh, Bible 101 type stuff you need to show people their gifts uh, we have a lot of tools out there to help people uh, do spiritual gifts assessments so you cannot be the only one that shines at church, it's not about us. It's not about making you look smart. It's not about being the smartest dude in the room. Because when you are, you're just going to look like a fool. Um, uh, Ephesians uh, chapter four, verse seven through 13 says, and he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, The shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith in, in of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the major of stature of the fullness of Christ. So you are there as a shepherd. No matter how old you are, okay, no matter how old you are, no matter how long you've been in ministry, if you are the senior pastor or you you are in a role of discipling people, you are there to help people mature in their faith and to help them be the hands and feet of Jesus. You're, you're there not to do every ministry, but to help people do ministry. Here's what happens in church culture. People want to do, I'm going to teach you something right here. When someone comes up to you at church and they tell you, Pastor so-and-so, Pastor Mike, I think we need to do this type of ministry. In that moment, here's what you do. You say, okay, brother or sister, let's pray right now about um, how God would have you help in that ministry. 9 times out of 10 what's going to happen is they're going to mumble and stumble and back off because what they really wanted was they have an idea for you to do it or someone else to do it. But you need to model this type of pastoring where if God puts something on your heart, I'm going to help you see it through. So, do that that other people shine. Okay? Do it for joy, I, I mentioned at the beginning. Pastor, because you love God and people, any other reason reason will be joyless. If pastoring becomes a regretful trudge, it would show it, it. will show in how you preach and serve others. Pastor, because of love, not religious duty, and, I, and at the beginning of first. Peter 5, uh, he says, Care for the flock that God has trusted you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. When, when in my early 20s, I got saved at 19. Um, I had this strong desire to help people uh know the bible i just had a strong calling and i and i talked to the pastors that were mentoring me and i wanted to do it because i just wanted to to teach people the bible to let them help god to help them know god better i had no idea about um like i didn't know what it looked like about like at the time like uh, doing vocational ministry, getting paid for it, um, my first seven years as a youth leader, I did it for free, because I didn't know, I didn't under, I didn't really have in my mind, like, uh, when you meet some of these dudes that that are out in ministry, and trying to get book deals, trying to, uh, because, you know, I, I came up in the time, like, acquired a fire, passion conferences, um, Acts X 20, X 29 uh, and all those guys like Matt Channer, Mark Driscoll, uh, David Platt, Francis Chan, all those, all those uh, John Piper, uh, um, all those uh, popular reform guys in, in the early thousands, mid-2000s. So one time I went to the Catalyst Conference, okay, and this will show you this. In the real day. Back then, um, 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 there was a popular pastor, uh oh, Rob Bell, Rob Bell. It almost slipped my mind. Um, I was I was in the elevator, I was with the elevator with a couple of young volunteers, and they were like so enamored with Rob Bell, okay? And they were like, I, I touched his glasses. I touched his glasses and they were all like, Oh, I just felt the power coming from him. Guys, first of all, I don't even want to get into theology right now. It's been years since I haven't even looked at anything Rob Bell has done. I don't even know, don't even know if he's doing ministry right now because how wacky he got. But the idea that people, you need to do it because it gives you joy. Um, you need to do it because you have a, a true love and joy for the Lord. And you have a true love for people. Real people do not do it out of religious duty. Uh, uh, if you do it because you feel you have to, um, you're just gonna be a miserable jerk and no one wants to be around you. You you don't want to do that. Um, I I like this old uh pastoral joke where the this woman says knocks on the door of her um, uh, knocks the door on her son's uh room and says, Honey, you got to go to church today, it's Sunday. And the, and the son goes, mom, I don't want to. And, it's, and the mom replies, son, you have to, you're the pastor. So um, I know that's a corny pastor joke, but the point is you do not want to get to a point in your ministry where you are not doing it for love. If you're doing it and you hate it, you need to get out, you need to, and in, in a lot of this, you need to make sure you're in a healthy church. If if you are in an unhealthy church they, and they are not willing to be uh, a body of Christ, um, don't waste your gifts. Don't waste your skills. Not, seek the Lord. Know that um, not every church can be saved. Not every church wants to be a church. Uh, Churches become 30, uh, 20, 15, 15 five people because of uh, because um, they don't want to grow okay they don't want to be a church they are a, a clique um I, I I wrote that in the devotion a couple of days ago so know your heart attitude but also know the church's heart attitude and, and if it doesn't give you joy if you're not doing it because you love Jesus and you love people you got to get out okay? All right, this is key. This is key right here, okay? This next point, do it from the real. Well, what do you mean by that, Mike? Okay, um, you need to preach the Bible in timely ways. This means from your real study time, uh, you need to know the word and you need to work hard through the text to know how to rightfully apply it to real life in 2023. This means you need to preach from your real journey with Jesus and not secondhand experiences of other pastors and theologians. Listen, I love I love uh, that we live in a time where we have so many resources at our fingertips as pastors. I am, I love Charles Spurgeon and and his ministry. You know, um, and I love reading other great and great and late theologians that were before us. But that is not uh, a substitute for your personal relationship with Jesus. I I can watch a sermon, and I can tell you in ten minutes if um, the pastor actually is preaching from uh, a real place. Um, uh, if you get up there and you're just re, um, regurgitating an essay you read, or an article you read, or a theologian you read, um, yeah, quote your sources for 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 sure. But if that's all you're doing, it, it's not going to impact people. So many young dudes, they want to get up there and they want to look smart. And they want to look cool and hip. And, hey, I know the Hebrew and the Greek and you don't. So look how cool I am. Cool, bro. Cool story. That's all I got to say. You have to be able to, to do ministry from your real place, from a real place. And you need to help people understand the text is alive and, re- and real for their life, and that takes work, and that takes um, you walking with Jesus in real life. Um, you you need to preach from your real relationship with Jesus. How does He help you to be a husband? How does He help you to be a brother in Christ? How does He help you when you suffer? How? Um, How does he help you when you're tempted? A lot of pastors don't preach from the real because they're afraid to be found out. Because in our context, in our church culture, okay, we are expected to be perfect and sinless. And homies, we're not. So don't be. Strive for holiness. Strive for purity. But be honest with your struggles, okay? Be honest with people. Have people around you who's going to help you be a legit pastor. Okay. The next point, I'm gonna. Ha- I I hope that you notice, um, but this will um, help you and your spouse out if you're a married pastor or if you're a pastor on your way to be a husband. Your mantra needs to be marriage over ministry. Uh, your your spouse and your family must come first. I have seen too many pastors and families put the church over. I'm not talking about your the Lord, okay? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about knocking Jesus down the list of your priorities. I'm talking about his priorities for you as a husband. Your number one ministry in life is to your spouse. And, your, and, and the one that is as equal to that is your ministry to your children. If you are a married pastor, it must be marriage over ministry. Because um, if you put the church and your responsibilities over your uh, marriage, Your, your family life is going to suffer and you're not walking a walk as a Christian man. You need, I, I tell my wife, you know, my wife is an introvert. Um, uh, the boundary that I have with churches is, is, um, she's not going to do anything. She's not called to do. She has a very mental, uh, day job and, and she has a heart for helping women and, and, in women's ministry. Uh, she's not called to work with kids. She's not called to work with children. She's not that type of person that's going to be all bubbly um, as we lead the church and uh, greeting everyone and, and everything. She's more comfortable with one-on-one conversations, going out to eat with somebody, loving on them that way, helping them overcome trials and suffering that way. So a lot of times, when a church hires a pastor, they think they're getting two people for one salary, and that is not fair. So you need to, and especially if you have kids, if you have children or you or you want children one day, like like your wife's greatest ministry to you will be able to uh, will be um, helping raise the kids, helping to be a, a helper that way, help to be your number one cheerleader. But if you make them be a free employee, and your kids be a free employee, um, it's gonna make It's gonna hurt your family, and it's gonna hurt your kids' perspective on Christian living and Christian. Because you know, my son, uh, from the time that he was a baby to six years old, we were in a different church every Sunday because um, I was um, a guest preacher a lot, Um, and then. Uh, you know, for six years of his life, I was a lead pastor. You know, uh, pastors, I know we can't always keep our family from the ugly side of ministry, but if you have boundaries with people that you serve and that you are going to start off with my my wife come first and my children come first, you're going to... Be, you're gonna have you're gonna have a better run in ministry. You just are. You're gonna do it from love. Um, if ministry uh, hurts you and it's it, it's um it's make it's weighing you down, that's gonna be played out when you come home. So, so don't bring it home. Um, when you come through that door, you're no longer Pastor Mike. You are Dad, or you are Mike, or. You are the husband, your daddy at that point. Make sure you understand marriage family over ministry. Get that right. Okay. Now, the last thing I want to say to you. You need to know that you are loved. Pastoring can be a lonely place. I know that. Trust me, I know that. We often deal with our limbings and struggles alone. But I want you to know that God sees you and he loves you too. You are his child first. Never forget that is your identity, not the title. Your worth is not in the title pastor. I want to thank you brothers for being a pastor. Thank you for stepping up to that calling and and wanting to help people know Jesus better. But I want you to know deeply in your core that you are loved by the Lord. I want you to pastor on, limp on, and limp well and limp loved. Until next time, this is Pastor Mike for limping for Jesus. God bless and have a great day.